Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December 28, 2020. Today we're reading from the big book. We're in Chapter 2, page 25, the first paragraph, There is a Solution. Um, just reading that one paragraph. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Laurel B. For the 12 traditions, Lindsay W. And reading the text are Leon B. and Tony N. M. And Nancy P. is our backup. The, new, the reference number for Sunday, December 27, 2020, special edition, is 16,075. That's 16075. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Laurel B. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Laurel B. from Chicago, Illinois, Recovered. We, number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Laurel. Okay, I will now ask Lindsay W. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Lindsay W. I'm a compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service in my past. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Okay, to share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today, we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 25, the first paragraph that starts with italics, there is a solution. We're reading just that one paragraph, and I will ask Leon B. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Leon B., gratefully recovered from Simpsonville, South Carolina. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. Um, I like how the previous paragraph sort of sets you up to feel like you're lost and hopeless, and then this paragraph opens with there is a solution. Because in the previous paragraph, it says the fact is 
that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice, you feel hopeless. You know, there is a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. You know, you feel hopeless. And after the third or fourth pounding on the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? You feel hopeless. You know, and then it says, when this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid unless locked up, may die, or go permanently insane. And then, and then we go into this paragraph. There is a solution. You know, and then it tells you this is, this is how we did it. And this is not theory, you know, and this is, this, it says this throughout this, this big book. These are things that these men had, men and women, had to actually do to reach recovery, to become, to have this spiritual experience or this spiritual awakening. None of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings. These are step four, step five. This pro- and you have to do this in order for this process to be successful, to, for successful consummation. You have to go through these steps. And I remember, I probably have a minute left, and I like how I said, but we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness of futility of life as we had been living it. That's the only thing that I saw was my binge-eating life. It was the only thing that was before me. And it was the only life that I knew for 13 years once I became aware I was a compulsive overeater. The only thing that I knew was binging on a diet, off a diet, gaining 60, losing 80, gaining 80, losing 60. I mean, it was just a life of up and down. And when I was approached through a, through a podcast um, by those who, who the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for me to do. I was going to get my stomach stapled. It was the last thing, and I heard this podcast pops on, and it was like, I have to give these steps a try. I had to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at my feet, and I can spend forever talking about being rocketed into this fourth dimension. Is it every day? No. But I do live in a different level of life as I am working these steps every day, doing service, waking up in the morning, step 11, working with others, reaching out to others, nighttime review, gratitude list, all, all of those things, these steps work. They, they say it's the last house on the block. And for me, it was the last house on the block, and I thank God that the door was open and I passed it. Thank you, Leon. Thank you for getting us started. On page 25, the first paragraph, there is a solution. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. So if you shared last Thursday or Friday, please let other people um, share their experience. Who would like to share? Melissa P. R. Jen A. Lynn S. Teresa P. Tiffany P. Okay. Okay, let me tell you who I have. I don't know why people started talking and then I just kind of froze. So I have Melissa P. I think it was Jen R., but maybe it was Jen A. Cheryl R., Teresa P., um, Johan M., 
Tiffany P. Who did I miss that said their name? R. I think I heard Nessa R. Was there was there Nessa R? A. Yes. And Pete B. Did I hear you, Pete? Yes, you did. Okay. Anybody else that I missed? Please don't say your name if I you didn't say it already. Lynn Karen. Okay, we'll start with you, Karen. Karen okay, K. Um, yeah, I got you, Karen. Okay, I have Melissa P. I think it was Jen R. Um, Cheryl R. Teresa P. Johan M. Tiffany P. Nessa R. Pete B. Lynn S. Karen K. Or was it Jen A? It was Jen A. Okay, thank you. I think I heard mm-hmm. Jen A. and Cheryl R. at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. This is this is hard sometimes. Okay, uh, go ahead, please, Melissa, followed by Jen A. Good morning. This is Melissa P. from Buffalo Moderator. Thank you for hearing. And thank you for your service. You know, I uh, my program needed a facelift, and I've seen the writing on the wall here for the last couple months, and, uh, you know, it was hard for me to have a conversation with my sponsor yesterday, who I love and respect and uh it was just it was hard because right it was that pride it was that ego of like there are walls that i've built around myself thinking that i got this and i don't got this um and then what happened you know it's later in the paragraph she said it at my feet it was at my feet that this is what worked for her and so many others you know and i've done it before i can do it again but it's not the I, it's not the Melissa show. It can't be, you know, I got a little independent and I'm lacking in fellowship and getting a little sloppy with my food and I had to get honest. Um, You know, and I forgot, I forgot what it's like to have these hard conversations, especially when I was living in 10, 11 and 12 and being brutally honest for so long. And then some Melissa colored glasses kind of took over there for a little bit, but, um, you know, it's just, is it odd or is it God, right, that I turned on the meeting this morning and this is where we're at. And the special edition yesterday, of course, spoke straight to my heart. You know, and that's what it is, is that you think you can't, but I couldn't. Right, that's why this is a we thing and I got a higher power that hasn't taken his arms off my shoulders this entire time. Um, it was me that was trying to turn in a different direction. And... uh you know, that's what it is. It's not easy. No one said this was easy, but, you know, neither was being 350 pounds and screaming at my family every morning and then putting on a face pretending that I'm the nicest person in the world and all of the things that I used to do with food in secret. I don't want to go back to that life. You know, I don't want to go back there. It terrifies me. So to be scared and to be honest, it was freeing. The weight came off of my shoulders yesterday. You know, that I don't have to go down that path, that I can see where I'm going. And I have people and I have a program that can steer me back in the right direction and gratitude and a higher power that loves me very much. So I love you guys. Happy everything. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa P. Jen A., you're up, followed by Cheryl R. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for your service this morning. My name is Jen A., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado, 
And, um, you know, on page 24, it says to me, I'm beyond human aid. And then on page 25, there's a neon light. That's what I call those italicized words. There is a solution. Um, I want to talk about a parable about uh, a parable. It's about a hopeless, uh, chronic girl like me who fell in a hole, right? And I couldn't get out. And, um, you know, the doctors tried to help me. You know, they tried to give me the pills for my pain. They tried to give me um, the help that they could via all the medical ways. Um, and then there were the religious people who tried to help me walking by when I was down in that hole. And, you know, they gave me the scripture. They said, we'll pray for you, Jennifer. It'll get better. Life will get better. You know, and, um, you know, then there, there were, um, you know, the psychiatrists, um, the people that I went and saw that listened to my problems and that asked me a lot of questions and that tried to give me the tools um, so that I could make it through every single day. But I was still stuck down in that hole. And then finally one day, the voice of a recovered um, compulsive overeater happened to be passing by me, right? And I heard this man. You know, he was, he shined. He had a light. He had a voice. He had, um, he had what I wanted. And uh, you know what he did? He jumped down in the hole with me. And I look at him and I say, why did you do that? And he said, well, of course, I'm down here with you. And I said, well, now we're both freaking stuck. What the hell? And you know what? He says, we're not stuck because I have a solution. You see, the problem had been solved in this man who came to save me. He was the ship that rescued me. He was the medic. I'm not kidding you. He was a Navy medic. Um, he was a man in whom the problem had been solved. And he helped and provided a way out for me. That was the solution. The spiritual tools that were laid at my feet are the 12 steps and the principles. And, the, and it's, it's what we practice every single day here in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. It's what I do. And you know what? From the solution at the beginning of this paragraph to the end, it gives me a promise that today I have found much of heaven. I have been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence. I never dreamed that life could be this good. I sat and wrote today and, and talked to God and prayed and cried. You know, the spiritual dimension of God, the spiritual awakening, the dimension of divinity for me today, how precious and how powerful is God in my life. I never even knew it. I can never even see it. But however, the power of the other person that has always been able to come into my life and just pull me from the trenches. You know, it's not just one sponsor, it's another sponsor. It's you that I call for a 10 step. It's, it's the call that I make. Right when I'm reaching out to people, there is a solution. The question is, is am I ready to hear it? Am I ready to go through these steps? Am I ready? Am I, am I ready to let go of my ego? Right? Am I ready to do what I need Time, to do? Please. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Jen. Cheryl R., you're up, followed by Teresa P. Cheryl R. Katie, was it Cheryl A? Oh, yeah, it was, Cheryl. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry, I Thanks, just gave Katie. everyone with an A name a, a new letter. So yeah, go well, ahead, heard, Cheryl. You heard Jen and Cheryl and A. And anyway, hi. Uh, okay. Good morning. It's uh, Cheryl A, compulsive over, recovered compulsive overeater from Brookline, Massachusetts, and so happy to be with everyone. I had this image as Jen was speaking of um, being down in a in a pit that she was describing. and. Um, 
And having someone jump down in there with me and say to me, okay, there's a way out. If you climb this way and you go that way and like showing me the climbing path up out of the pit and how many years did I just cover my eyes and say, I can't, I can't. I'm just like realizing the power of what this paragraph really says. We're down in the pit and we have someone tell us there's a way out. And sometimes the addict that I was, I I just wasn't willing to climb the climbing path. Like, it's like, that's just an amazing thing about addicts. Like, wow, there's like a big shining sunlight up there. I can get out and, but you got to do this, this, and this. And, and my thinking brain overcomplicates things. And uh, I want to analyze whether I'll be successful climbing every rung before I climb it. And I got to stop that part of my brain because it doesn't say in here there is a solution. Um, almost none of us like the self-searching, leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings. There's this like little paragraph that describes, it doesn't include in there, and evaluating and studying the steps before I take each one of them. It doesn't include that. It does there's nothing about understanding, frankly. It just says, this is what you have to do. And But I am a thinker, and my sponsor tells me every day to quiet that that part of me because it really isn't part of the steps. Sometimes understanding comes and those, those add in a, a few more elements of extra joy and maybe even some extra ease. But it's just like taking actions when I don't want to. Sometimes when my actions connect in with my feelings and I want to do those actions, it's just joy. But a lot of times I have to take actions that I really don't feel like I want to take. And that's harder, but I, I want to live my life today according to what I'm committed to, not based on what I feel, because my feelings just blow by the wind. And I, don't, I can't always trust them. I can trust them more and more, but I can't depend upon them like I can on the steps. And this paragraph just gives us this summation of what we need to do. Self-searching, leveling of our pride, confession of shortcomings. And it says, this is what's required for successful consummation. And it works. Um, and, and, and step one, I have to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as I had been living it. And today I do. I don't want to go back to any of those behaviors that take me out of something close or in that fourth dimension. Because it really is possible. Thanks so much for listening. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Cheryl, and I'm sorry I got your name wrong. Um, Teresa P. Johan M. I know I got those right. Go ahead, Teresa. Hi, I'm Teresa P. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in California, and uh, so grateful to be here. Because I just need to hear the message over and over because I have that that brain that forgets and. Uh, uh, every time, and it just it's, it's so wonderful to hear it repeated over and over. And I need to hear there is a solution because I have creative thinking. I keep thinking like, oh man, this you know, this is going on, you know, and I I get busy and and I just need to remember that the, it's just simple. I just get to you know wash, rinse, repeat. You know, you know, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, once I've worked the steps and the steps do work and 
and I, I love it when I hear um, the uh, the phrase, you know, there's no chapter in the big book on, you know, on, um, you know, figuring it out. And I've used it myself. This is, here is the chapter on there is a solution because I just always want to figure it out. And, and I'm not the only one. I, you know, have a doctor. A lot of people just want to figure it out. And, you know, and, and when I hear other people try to figure it out, it makes me realize how crazy and hopeless that is. Well, I spent 45 years or more trying to figure it out. What's wrong with me? What can I do? You know, will this work? And, you know, nothing worked until I got to Overeaters Anonymous. And Overeaters Anonymous worked. And uh, the vision works even better because, I get more clear direction from the big book, which is the source. You know, I need to go back to the source. The the answer is simple. You know, and it's so simple that, you know, I have to figure out, oh, you know, that's too simple. Why don't you just just do these steps? And the answer is yes. But, of course, the answer is simple. It doesn't say it's easy. And truly, truly, there are times I don't want to do it. And uh, sometimes, and holidays can be uh, a challenge. And I get to remember that, you know, my disease takes no breaks. You know, my disease does not take a vacation. My disease does not have holidays. In fact, my disease works overtime on holidays and vacations. And the good news is, is recovery does also when I choose to pick up that spiritual kit of tools. And, you know, I don't have to do any of it perfectly. I don't even have to do it good. The only thing I need to do is do it. And so, you know, one more time I get to be on a meeting and I get to share, you know, the truth as best I can that I know. That's what I get to share with other people. I have a person doing a uh, this step today. And, you know, what do I get to do? I just Time, please. Thank you. I heard that. I just get to be there and do my part. Pick up the phone and go, hello. So for today, I'm deciding to have a great rest of the day. Hope you do too. And um, keep coming back. Thank you. Johan M. followed by Tiffany P. Hi, my name is Joanne M. I'm like Nancy, and uh, I'm a recovered, uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Sweden, where it's terrible weather today, by the way. <laughs> thank you so much for all the shares, and uh, thank you so much for service as well. I'm so happy to and grateful to be on this meeting today. Uh, and what a powerful and amazing uh, uh, paragraph this is. Uh, I I came to OA like uh, really the last house on the block, and uh, I had nowhere else to go, so I came to OA, uh, and I thought that this is going to help me. But to begin with, I was working my own program. I made my own insane food plan. I was dragging the steps, so I mean the results were really nil. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, uh, Going out again and seeing how this disease is, I got the first step experience, and that was exactly what I needed. And I mean, 
in that uh, uh, in that sense, the food is a is a great persuader. Uh, and coming back, I really saw what I needed to do. I really to do everything and anything to recover. So first of all, I had to put the food down, put everything down. Uh, I had to work the steps really fast, uh, which I did, and which gave me a spiritual experience where overnight I was uh, I was freed from this obsession. And today I get to live one day at a time as a recovered compulsive reader, which is a, uh, an amazing miracle. Uh, I have no interest in my alcoholic food anymore or my triggers. Uh, I need to do everything I can still, you know, it's just not going through the steps. I need to do everything I can every day to stay recovered. I need to lean in step 10, 11, 12 to the best of my ability to, to, uh, yeah, to, to, to have this uh, enormous gift that God has given me and to give it away, to give it away every day. I'm so grateful for for OA. I'm so grateful for these visions meetings. I'm here every day. I love this. Uh, and this, since I since I got back, I also got into a vision. So I mean, that is something that uh, has had, had a huge impact on on my recovery as well. Uh, so thank you so much, and uh, I'll pause. Thanks. Thank you so much, Johan M. And Tiffany P. will be next, but first let me just announce to those who may have joined us. Um, we're on page 25, the first paragraph, there is a solution. And we still have several more. T Tiffany P., followed by Nessa R. Good morning, this is Tiffany P., uh, recovering in San Antonio. Um, thank you, moderator, for your service and uh, everyone on the line. Um, this is one of my favorite paragraphs of this chapter. I have it highlighted and underlined and starred. Um, but we really saw that it worked in others. And that just takes me back to my first few meetings coming back to OA for the second time and walking into a big book meeting and just not wanting to be there with everything that I am and but knowing I needed it. Um, and for some reason, my ears were opened, and I got to hear people in those in that room talking about how they enjoyed life, that the life they were living today was far better than the life that they were living before recovery, and that they were satisfied with their lives, and they weren't using food just to make it through the day. Um, and that appealed to me because that wasn't the life that I was living. I was living in complete misery. Um, and you know, the highest weight I've ever been, but, you know, just completely unmanageable life. And uh, from those people in those rooms, I heard, you know, that, that heaven that they had found, that fourth dimension um, of satisfaction, and there was a light in their eyes. Um, and also what I heard is they were talking about the steps and working the steps and continuing to live in the steps and not just you know, uh, counting calories or, or white knuckling their abstinence. Um, and so when I got a sponsor and she introduced me to this book and we started working these steps, you know, that leveling of our pride, that, the, that those inventories and, and the thoughts of, you know, that ninth step amends, um, that had scared me uh, my first round in OA. And I thought, you know, I really didn't need to be in any rush to get to, um, 
what I what I realized, you know, um, was taught was that I needed to I needed to do that work and I needed to do it quickly. And so when it became difficult or I, I had thoughts of, of turning the other way, um, those people in those rooms, the room, remembering them, remembering um, the life that they were living today because of this work is what really helped propel me through that. Um, and so, yeah, having people down there in the trenches with you have been through it is what this program is about. And um, I'm grateful that today I still I get to continue doing this work on a daily basis and I get to bring other people through it. And I get to hear stories of people being rocketed into that fourth dimension of freedom from the obsession, but freedom from, um, you know, the character defects and the misery that this disease brings with it. Um, and I and I get to hear that on this meeting every morning, and I'm I'm super grateful for that, and that's what I wanted to share. So, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Tiffany. Okay, now we'll have Nessa R. followed by Pete B. Hi. Good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So when I first read this phrase, uh, someone in whom the problem had been solved, my mind wandered like what exactly is someone in whom the problem had been solved and why is it important to me? And now I know that the definition of someone in whom the problem has been solved is uh, in page 84 after step 10, the promises for step 10, it says, and we cease fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recall from it as if from a half flame, we react sanely and normally and will be fine that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even shown off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. This is our experience and this is how we react as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And uh, why was it important? Um, because I need to find someone with whom I can identify, whom can give me hope and who can know what it is like to be me. And you know what? I met many thin people in my life and I asked them, you know, how do you stay thin? But I couldn't identify them. I couldn't find hope in their answers. And they didn't know what it was like to be me. And I also, um, I also met people, I lived with people who were fat and went on a diet and they remained thin, you know, for the rest of their lives up, up, up until now. But again, I, I, I couldn't identify in, maybe I could a little bit, but I couldn't find hope and they definitely didn't know what it was like to be me. But when I met someone in whom the problem had been solved, all those three were there. I could identify in because she, like me, had been fat and wasn't fat anymore. Um, she had life challenges like I had, but I found hope because despite the life challenges, she was happy, joyous, and free and didn't have to use food in order to cope. And because she was like me, she was a compulsive overeater, albeit a recovered compulsive overeater, she knew what it was like to live in my head because her head and my head were exactly the same. Um, 
when I found somebody in whom the problem had been solved, um, I mean, she became my sponsor and is still my sponsor. Um, it took me nine years in the rooms of OA, um, but I did. And you know, that hope part is it's extremely important because, you know, when I came in here, and even while I struggled those nine years in OA, I had no hope. Like the hope had been snuffed out of me by all the things that I had tried Time, and failed at. Thank you. And failed at uh, in order to control my food and my weight. But this person in whom the problem had been solved guided me so that uh, now I'm one of those people in whom the problem had been solved by the grace of God and through the work um, of the, the 12 steps. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Pete B, it's your turn, followed by Karen S. I mean, Lynn S. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pete. Thank you, moderator. Uh, Pete B, compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy uh, from Pennsylvania. Thank you for taking the meeting. You did such a great job with the challenging, the challenging role as moderator. Um, you know, for me, I, you know, when I read this, I think about my thing to myself that uh, yeah, I didn't have a big problem with the, uh, the, the, the self-searching, the leveling of my pride and the confession of my shortcomings. I wasn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't challenging for me. The thing that got me is that I had to put down the food, right? Like we do a lot of talking in these fellowships about the promises, about the, about the hopefulness, about, you know, about the bright, rising, you know, the, 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 the rosy sunset about being recovered, right? Without, without really taking the time to sell people on the hopelessness of the condition. Because like, the condition does not want me, the condition wants me, you know, like banking on the promises of what's going to happen while I'm stuffing my face full of Doritos and Twinkies, right? What, what, yeah. It, 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 wants us, it wants us to minimize this condition, to make it smaller than it actually is, like it's an con inconvenience. Or, you know what, I'm just a little bit overweight, right? I, 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 I've done so well for such a long period of time. I deserve a little bit of a break, right? We, you know, for me, my, my biggest challenge was I treated this disease like it was the little sister of a more giant condition, something that was, you know, way more terrifying and hurt others and all these different things, right? And then, so what I had to buy into was the hopelessness of this condition before I could ever, ever experience or expect to receive any of the hope that this program of recovery has to offer, Right. I, you know, so often we hear, you know, we get all the catchphrases in, right? We get, I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, and my hair's on fire, and all those good things. And they're all great things, right? This program does not, does not call for me to be anything that I was not created to be, right? It doesn't say elimination of my pride. It says a leveling of my pride, which means, right? that I am to be prideful. There it means that I, these, are, these are instincts that I have, right? Not, 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 not gloating, right? But prideful. This program has delivered me to an existence where I walk a free man today. I'm not under the lash, right? Have I made my three outreach calls today, right? Not scratching my head. Was I, was I offensive? Did I hurt somebody? Yeah, it's just... Just walking right the way that the God of my understanding would have me walk, a free man, right? 
not searching, not grinding it out between my three meals a day with nothing in between and my four, pro, my four program calls and did I do this and did I do that? Did I, did I check with my sponsor to find out if it's okay if I made a bank deposit? Right? No. Right? It wasn't lack of, lack of fellowship was not my problem. Lack of friends was not my problem. Right? Time, lack please. of power was my problem. And by God's grace and mercy, I tapped into that power and I walk a free man today. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Pete. Okay, Lynn S., you're up, followed by Karen K. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Vision. My name is Lynn S. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in Toronto, Canada. And I know this paragraph is talking about when we come in the program, but where it's resonating in my heart right now is when I was in an eight-year relapse. And I'll tell you, as bad as it was when I came into program, being in an eight-year relapse really had me believing in the hopelessness and futility of life as I had been living it. I didn't need to be approached by people for whom the problem had been solved because it had been solved for me for 17 years. And so going from having the food obsession lifted, from being happy with life and content, from having quiet food and having the weight gone, to then living in eight years of trying so hard to get it back but not being able to get it and doing everything I'd done before for years, and doing it now for years, and it wasn't working. It was so hopeless. My life was so futile, and I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And what the difference was between living that eight years in relapse and finally, thank you, God, getting recovery again was not only did I have to pick up those tools, I had been picking them up and I'd been doing them the way I did them before. But I had to really do self-searching. I had to level my pride. I had to confess my shortcomings because however I was doing it wasn't enough to give to provide that spiritual transformation that is needed to live in recovery. And what I really had to do was surrender so totally to God and surrender everything that I knew about program and all my quoting of the big book and the steps and this page and that page and this is how I did it before and completely surrender to God. And only then was I able to approach the tools. Sorry, I don't, well, they talk about spiritual tools here. That's what I mean, the steps in a new way that was going to work for me. And the recovery that I have now is truly of the fourth dimension Time, please. 
Thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn S. Okay, Karen Kay, you're up, and then we'll have time for a few more. Good morning. Um, my name is Karen Kay, Recovered Compulsive Eater uh, from Syracuse, New York, and my credit stone transfer. This is one of the solutions, and um, I like what was said earlier. They went back to that page in Bill's story that he would know a new freedom. He would know a new happiness. And um, I wish I could really say that's every day for me, 24-7, because if that were the case, I'd be buried six feet under and possibly up for sainthood. So I know I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. But one thing my spiritual director told me, he said, Karen, when something becomes no longer life-giving to you and you cannot bring anything life-giving to it, you must let it go. And that was my compulsive eating and my other addictions. And now it's turning into people, places, and things. I know I have my God. I know I have lovely people in my life. And what I've also learned in program that people are going to come and go. Um, I'm volunteering um, a place that brings me great pain but great joy at the same time. So it's be a maximum service to others, not just with people in a way, not my food plan, not my character defects. It's about showing up with love from where I'm supposed to be between nine, nine and three today and then just wind down and give service to others. So that's what I live by in my program. If it's no longer life-giving truth, I'm not receiving it, or I can't bring it to them because God has taken it away. And that's the most important thing to me. Um, I'm not one of those people that can quote the big book. I am not one of those people that can... Um, you know, act per perfectly 100% per day. Probably when I'm sleeping, I probably do it the best. And I love all of you. You guys have saved my life, and thank you very much for your service. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Karen. Okay, so we have about nine minutes, so we have time for three more shares. Who would like to share? Vasa, 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 O. And Katie G and the rest of you all came together. What was that? Nancy P. Nancy P. Okay, Nancy P. I'm sorry, Nancy P. is the one that I heard. So we'll go with Andrea those three. Andrea F. I'm sorry, but we we only have time for three. So go ahead, please. Vasa O. Followed by Katie G. And then Nancy P. Vasa Star One to unmute. Sorry about that. Thank you, Katie, okay. for your service. I'm Vasa, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And I was so, so excited to find out about the solution when I came to the programs um, after trying to put the food down for 25 years, trying to figure it out by myself and with the help of other people, but it never, never worked. So I was just so finally, finally, after all those years, I remember saying, oh, my goodness, this is, this is just awesome. It gave me so much hope. And um, if, I, you know, I'm grateful for my sponsor that she, you know, she was a big book person. 
and gave me this book, and she just said, follow directions. She 12-stepped me for about a week before she took me to my first meeting, and I was just so excited, and yes, it's, I, did, I was ready to surrender to a power greater than myself, and I was ready to surrender to anybody as long as I didn't have to do it by myself, by my own willpower, and uh, that was the beginning of my new life in, in this program with a higher power. And yes, it's by the grace of God, I was being able to put the food down. That's all I want. I just want to put the food down and keep it down. And then I kept on hearing, if we don't work the steps that were laid out, I will go back into the food. I, want, I didn't want to go in self-search, you know, you know, in the step four, um, you know, about pride and then the confession and my shortcomings. I thought everything was perfect. I just wanted to put the food down. And as I stayed, the more I could identify with people, you know, with their character defects, the more I said, I better stay and I better continue with step four or five. And the rest of them, they were the, the way they were laid, laid out. But it was such a freedom that, you know, with the food, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to put the food down. And it happen. It's by the grace of my higher power, one day at a time, one meal at a time, putting the allergy, my toxic foods that I was putting in my body. And then the mental obsession was lifting gradually because I wasn't putting the allergy, you know, I wasn't, the craving wasn't there, but my craving became to follow the directions and work the steps the way they laid out just so grateful. That's the only thing that's worked for me. And um, and it's still working. And I keep on coming because I'm a student. I'm, I will never learn. I, I'm a good student. I, you know, I'll never be done till I'm dead. And I keep coming. I'm so grateful all the knowledge and all the wisdom that you people share at this meeting. And uh, thank Hi, you. Please. And I pass. Thank you. And I pass. Okay, thank you, Vasa. Okay, Katie um, G, you're up, followed by Nancy P. Thanks, Katie, for taking the meeting. Katie G, recovered in Boston. <clears throat> I love that it says there is a solution, as in one. Um, when I first came into the rooms of recovery 16 years ago, I thought that, you know, however you did the steps was okay. And it is. If your sponsor is having you do different things, it's not my business, right? At the end of the day, whatever gets to you to God is great, <clears throat> and it's not my business. But I, writing my autobiography never got me clean. I also think it's really fascinating that it doesn't say we come into the meeting and get really hopeful that we hear the story of recovered fellows. And I'm not saying we don't have a powerful meeting. We do, but we can't do this for you. And a lot of times people tell me they're praying for the willingness to be willing, and I don't really understand that. So when I got into relapse over five years ago because of lying with exercise bulimia, um, I didn't interview sponsors. I didn't call and say, gee, are you going to take me through the steps fast enough? Are you going to help me believe in God right now? Um, I found a woman in whom the problem had been solved, and I said, help me. Tell me what to do. And it's not because I was filled with hope. I had come to believe in the hopelessness 
and the futility of life as I had been living it. And I have to tell you, that just rings true for me. Because today, as a recovered woman, it is easy to say I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. But am I really willing to keep the food down, to admit I have no power, no choice, and no control around the food, and picking up a little bit of this or not being black and white in my food is going to cut me off from God, right? Like, am I, for me today, the thing that gets me the most is hopelessness. And when I get out of the way, you know, there is one thing that will forever keep me in everlasting ignorance, and that is contempt, disdain, scorn. I got this. I know what to do. So today, thank God, as a recovered woman, the the one thing I know how to say is, help me. I don't know. The way I've been doing it isn't working. So can can I give up? You know, don't fight. Don't keep fighting and working so hard. I know you want to hang on and do it, but I think the power, most powerful message I've heard recently is stop fighting. Don't work so hard. You know, if you really, for me, when I believe in hopelessness, I don't have to have the answers anymore. I just call and I ask God to work through other people and I get a solution from my higher power. So I'm just so grateful to ha- I too have been rocketed, but you know it, I have to stay humble, and it's not just me staying on the line and saying I'm humble. It's actually living in this work, and with that I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. And Nancy, you have two minutes, please. Okay, Nancy sure. P. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So um, I will say um, uh, two things. One that for me. The hard part was um, believing in the hopelessness and futility of life as I had been living it. So once I believed that, then I was good. I was surrendered. The rest of it, the self-searching and the realizing of our pride, that was chump change. I didn't care about that. It wasn't hard. It was uh, mundane. And um, I will tell you one quick story about my life, which is um, in 1991, I was lucky enough to go to Paris with my husband, and I bought for $5 a mug from a street vendor in the middle of nowhere, someplace in Paris. And that mug survived until about a month ago and it broke. And my daughter, um, somehow it broke. And um, she's broken a bunch of stuff. And on Christmas morning, my husband handed me a box. 30 years later, was the same mug he found that I bought from some guy in Paris. And then my daughter gave me a package And in the package were three coasters that she made. And they were like a kit. And what she had done was she took the pieces of the mug and she carefully broke them with a hammer and she embedded the shards of that mug into these coasters. And I couldn't have believed that. To me, that is being rocketed into the fourth dimension. I could not have even dreamed of that. I could not have even fathomed it. I mean, I believed more that I could recover, which I'd never believed, than I would have believed that. And they really love me. And um, I never knew that. I knew, you know, you know, you don't know, you think, you hope. Um, But they really love me. And I'm so lucky. And today, um, the fourth dimension for me is vast and open because I, I want less, so I have more. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, and thank you to everyone who shared today. 
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, December 28, 2020, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,080. That's 16080. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Tony Ann M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Tony Ann A. from Montclair, New Jersey. Thank you, everybody, for a great meeting. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.